The following podcast was recorded before lockdown was instigated in the United Kingdom. And also long before coronavirus was a massive concern in our everyday lives. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay indoors, listen to podcasts like this one. I will now sing a intro about the movie that we watched. It's a weird one, we're in space on a sledge. Everyone wants to have sex with their hands. Where are we going? Who knows? What a time to be alive. <laughs> Come on, Richard. We've got to hit the pause button on the DVD. And here we are. Welcome back to Heard You Saw. <laughs> so we just watched Barbarella because... I mean, I feel like we shouldn't tell people that we just watched Barbarella. <laughs> Because we decided this evening would be the night that we watched Barbarella. It was. And now it, now it was the evening. I'm joined by my friend and housemate Richard Perry. Hello. And no one else because there was no one else to watch Barbarella. No one else witnessed our shame. <laughs> oh my... I, I, the thing is, I had no expectations and it somehow missed those. I, I, yeah. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it, right, okay. We begin the show, as ever, with a round of one-line hot takes. Richard, it's been a while since you're on the show, not since Brothers Grimm. Remember when we watched Brothers Grimm? Was I, was I on the show for that? Yeah, yeah, it was just you and me. We watched Brothers Grimm and then recorded a podcast. It's on the internet, you can listen Brothers to Grimm's it. Brothers Grimm's great. It's, it's very weird. Mm. Um, it's better than this. <laughs> That's not hard. It's true. I mean, uh, I mean so, it's, no, it's no double down. Oh, nothing. P- precious few things are. Yeah. But it, since it's been a while since you've been on the show, uh, one line hot takes, you need to sum up your initial feelings about this movie in a single word, phrase, or sequence of things that come out your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that what you got? That's where you are? Yeah, that's, 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 that's where you are. All right, all right. Uh, for my one line hot take, um, that or the, just the word really? 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 My really? one-line hot take has to be, I, I, I wish I'd been in the room when Jane Fonda read the script. And I when... don't think she did. You think there was no script? If there was, I don't think she read it. Here's my question, though. Why would you agree to, agree to this if you hadn't read it? Like, Surely at some point when they're saying, like, Okay, now pretend like you want to have sex with this man who's, like, part Wookiee. You'd be like, sorry, what? Get into this... To be fair. Do hookah with these weird ladies smoking the essence of man. I mean, that looked pretty fun. (laughs) To be fair, yeah, I wish you'd been better at doing stuff. You you don't know what Jane Fonda's life's like. No, apart from being an environmentalist now, which is pretty cool. Didn't she also protest the Vietnam War as well? Yeah. Famously, yeah. She went to North Vietnam. She did, and, and took everyone photos. everyone was like, what the hell? Yeah, I saw a play about that on the Fringe, like, which used photos from her, and it was sort of like her justifying her protest movements. So, Richard, we have to try and recount Good the... Good luck with this. ...to recount the premise, at least. Maybe the plot. I don't think we can do the full plot on this one, because... I mean, it started strong. <laughs> I mean, it started at exactly the level it yeah. stayed at. Like, expe- it was said, like, here's where your expectations need to be. No higher, no lower. This is what we're doing right now. 
We we opened inside a giant furry spaceship. <laughs> Are you getting the box? Yes. Just so you've got some reference to be like, yes, what does Jane Fonda look like? And um, we see a person in a in a full body spacesuit. And then they do effectively a, a sexy spacesuit striptease in quote zero gravity air quotes quote unquote. Yeah. And it and it wouldn't you know it, it's Jane Fonda, aka Barbarella, and and totally naked, totally out there, just like nips in the first five minutes, and we're just yeah. like, oh, okay, but I didn't expect that. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna say I was surprised. I was a little. I felt like that wouldn't have, you know, because given that this is a cult sci-fi classic, I wouldn't have thought it was necessarily like it's cult sci-fi or classic. Well, is this a sexploitation? Like, <laughs> like, what genre is this movie? Bad. <laughs> wait, wait, yeah, yeah, wait, yeah, yeah. I want to be charitable, but yeah, yeah. It's it's. <laughs> so she gets nude. And, um, then and then the, gets the, a video call from the, from the president of France. Of Earth, France. Of Earth, yes. Earth. Who is French. Who is French. And possibly the director, you, you theorise. I think he was the... Well, he might have been the director. One of the no, weirder things... It. In her in, in her spaceship with the furry walls, um, like she had a Surat painting yeah. in, in the back. And I was just like, that's a weird reference to I just throw French. in. It's a French book. I'm I'm shocked. I, I well, according to the um, opening credits, <laughs> yeah, based on the book Barbarella, Queen of the Universe, um, and she's sent on a mission. Oh, she's naked for this whole conversation. The whole thing—it's just all out there. And he's going, "I'm staring at your face, Jane Fonda," and we're like, "Are you? You're are clearly you? not. Are I mean, you? I, you're, mm, it, it's definitely comped in in post." Yeah. But like, that's still, that's an optical print that they did. But still, but he still just his view is squarely in the chest zone. Indeed. And he says, "Hey, there's this like scientist called Duran Duran." Not making this up. Yep. No, hundred percent accurate. Duran. If you're listening to this, you're gonna think all the way through this plot description <laughs> that we're making this up. We are not making any of it up. No, it was the 70s and cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> oh my god. So he's like, there's this scientist called Duran Duran who's invented the positronic ray and he's gone missing. You need to find him because if he give We, we banned war on Earth a hundred years ago along with other degenerate things like sex and... Music? Other things? fun. Yeah, just being cool dudes. We just got rid of all of that. And then he gives her a load of weapons. Which have from hands the weapon on them. museum. Yes, the Museum of Conflict. Yes. Because it's such an antiquated idea that there would be conflict on Earth. And sends her off. And she's there, totally naked. Like ass nude. Just with all these weapons. All the guns. It's a very weird image. To her bosom. Yeah, just like, let me get close to the guns. So she walks through a door. Wait, he sends her all of these things and some tracking thing to find Duran Duran. Yeah. Through some sort of like weird transport device thing. It's like a, a, a dome and yeah. it's just there. Um, so then Kenneth Williams, 
who is the ship's AI. Yeah. I mean, I think it's Kenneth Williams because it sounds Let's like Let's just it. go with it. Yeah, Kenneth That's... Williams is like, oh, I'm going to fly you to the right dimension. Mm, and away they go. And then they... She has a nap. She does have a nap for 154 she, she hours. She on, like, instantly. Yes. And then she has a nap for 154 hours. Yep. And then wakes up and the spaceship crashes. The spaceship is crashing because of a magnetic storm. And whenever we look out into space, it's not space. It's like the inside of a lava lamp. Weirdly. And the chances of survival, Kenneth Williams predicts them as like... Oh, you've got no chance. 0.00002 in 10,000. And you're like... like, Surely you could have just been like... You're done, Two in fucking... Million or something. <laughs> so, she, <laughs> so, so she crash lands on an ice planet? No, it's all the same planet, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's all on the same planet, but it's... it's In the ice field. She lands in an ice bit of the planet. Yeah. And she immediately meets two identical twin children... Who are weird and creepy. Who have a Minoc pulling the sleigh. Yeah. And, and she's she, like, she, I haven't been skiing in years. And she gets on and there's a weird little musical number and the Minoc pulls them across this frozen lake. Yes. That's covered in dry ice. Yes. There's a lot of small weird interludes where, the, where there's just music in this movie. Yeah. Where they're just it was like, the 70s. That kind of thing happened. Da, 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 yeah. da, Barbarella. I don't know. I don't know. I think people were exploring the medium. and. Yeah, boy, were they. Yeah. So they take her back to their child base, and the children take her prisoner, and all the children have big hair. Really big hair, and they have dolls with metal teeth. Yes. That they set on her, and all these dolls start eating her, and she's like in this sort of tied up in this almost a cage thing. Kind of is like half a cage. It's like three bars. Yeah, it's like she's just tied and to she's the like, bars. Oh no! And they're eating her clothes because, of course. Yes. And then she's rescued by the finesman. Was it? Although it was the catchman. Catchman, that's the, it. Yeah, the catchman, yeah. who's like wearing a Wookiee suit but no head. Like he's a human face but a big furry body. Yeah. And at first she can't speak to him, and then she tunes her tongue box. <laughs> Fantastically titles it implement. <laughs> she tunes her tongue box to the right language. <laughs> and um, they can communicate. He's all like, oh, sup, I have to catch the children because I'm the catch man? I, I live out here in the wilderness. It's peaceful and... Yeah, yeah I don't like and being ca- in the city. It's yeah, full all, of evil. All the children um, <laughs> live out here until, you know, they come of age and then we catch them. Or I catch them. <laughs> With a big net. He catches all the children in a big net. Um, and then the men with whips take them away. The black guard. Yeah. Whose whips always scream whenever they swim. They're like, ah! Ah! <laughs> so he's all like, what's what's up with you, Barbarella? And she's like, oh, my ship broke. And he's like, I've fixed things before. So... I, look. I have to repair this magical sled that's clearly just powered by the wind. I can definitely fix <laughs> your, you know, your incredibly complicated interstellar spaceship. You know what? I will say one thing this movie has going for it is he says that and we go, that doesn't seem right. And then after he's tried to fix it, it's fucked and she crashes again immediately. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but we then hit on the first trope of this movie, which is he's like, 
what i'm gonna help you and fix your ship what are you gonna give me and she's like i what what, what do you, you what do you want my, my government can give you something i'm sure and he's all like no no i want your body and she's like oh do you want to have earth sex we take pills and put our hands next to each other because yeah. apparently life on earth, man. yeah life on earth has become very demolition man wherein we don't do any of the, the fun three stuff seashells and everything and he's all like, let me show you how we do it over here in the old country. And, and he's like, no, only poor people do that. Only poor o- people Honest have to God sex. what she says. She does say only poor only people poor can't people afford pills. who can't afford the pill to, like, in the weird encephalograph The psychograph thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. If you only have sex if you match and then you have the pill... And, and you just put your hand out and yeah. touch hands, and then it's like, yeah. But if you have conventional pokey sex, that's a terrible phrase. Um, you're you, clearly you poor. Put your bits in each other. You, exactly. You must be poor. Yeah. But he's all like, Barbarella, let me show you a thing or two. We then cut no, to. A, they, she says that they stopped having sex because it was like so distracting. A distraction. <laughs> yeah. Because she's very good at getting things done, right? Oh, you know, yeah. She's the worst at no, getting no, no, she, She's done. great. She, she's clearly always on the case of just being like, I guess I'll just do th-. And it's She's always... Su- oh, yeah, so anyway, she's We all then like, cut to a wide no, shot. She, she's all the- like, yeah, I guess we'll do it then. Fine. Yeah. Um, and just lies down. And then, then it cuts to the wide cuts shot. Cuts to the wide. When he goes, you'll need to take your garments off. Then we cut to the wide, and it's yeah. just the sleigh going around to a musical number um, of being like, Barbarella, I love you, poo. Here we, it's great. Let's have some fun time. Dry ice. We cut back to the interior of the sleigh, and, and she's upside down now. Yes, and he's all like, Well, I told you I knew a thing or two about sex having. My name's the Catchman. I don't have a real name. He might have done. He we may, can't I think we don't care. It's been enough. a whole movie. Um, he he wasn't a bad enough character that we were constantly cursing his name. No, no, not not like other people who we'll get to. So he Del Dano. <laughs> so we we, we we so he fixes King the Jill ship. Dana. Kind of. Well, she puts she changes outfit into a furry outfit, and yeah, it's all he like has furs because apparently he catches like furry things like, as well as children. Yeah, big furry peacock things with like long tails. Yeah. Um, he fixes the ship. She gets on the ship. The fur is a nuisance, and she keeps tripping over because he almost gets caught in the door. She's such a fun. And she class. has this sort of sexy sort of look at him, like, "Oh yeah, I'll see I'm, you again. I'll come back this way, and we can totally bang again." And then he's all like, nah. She takes off in the ship. Immediately it fucks up because he did it bad. Because, you know, he lives in, alone in the woods and catches children for a living and <laughs> rides around on a sail barge. Might not be the best. What the hell does this guy know about fixing a spaceship? This extra from, um, oh, wait, 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 what's the movie with, like, the... the... I was going to go with the banana splits. No, but... no, no, the, 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 the desert boat ship. What fucking movie is it? Sahara. Yeah, this extra from Sahara is what I was going to... I'm really glad you knew it was Sahara. <laughs> I've never seen it. Oh, haven't you? I haven't. We should watch Sahara. No, I don't know if we should. I saw it when I was like 15 at like a sleepover. It wasn't very good. I wanted to see it because for some reason in like my first week of uni. Yeah. Um, they were putting on 
Matthew McConaughey marathon. <laughs> like one film every week. And I went to see one of them. Yeah. And it was terrible. Which movie it was it? Off. I can't remember. It was like he was on a motorbike for some of it. <laughs> he uh, lived by the sea, I think. I was just like, oh, God, this is awful. And it, it made a mortal enemy of Matthew McConaughey of me for life. That's fair. I mean, he's, you know, he. McConaughey. He True Detective, and everyone loved him, and I was like, I don't, I don't trust this. I, don't I, trust I watched the first three episodes of True Detective with my then girlfriend, and it was fine, and then I broke up with her, and then I never continued. That's my exposure to that series. I, I hear apparently it's like about Cthulhu. Like towards the end, like I don't know, wow. I've not seen All it, right. but I hear it turns out it's like it's like Didn't actually like coming. fucking old ones and the Yellow King and all of this ancient Cthulhu mythology. I don't fucking know. Um. So anyway, she crash lands in the labyrinth, and when she crash lands. She like basically almost reverses her course, almost kills the catchman. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Plunges straight into the ground and then is like, oh, I guess I ex- activate subterran mode. Oh yes, he drives underground and for she, a bit. Yeah, for no discernible reason. Which was really unclear. So I was genuinely thought like, wait, how did she get here? And you're like, no, she drove underground. I was like, yeah, oh. she said activate the drill or something. Yeah, subterranean. Do know. it. But she, she then, then goes out through the door. Despite despite being underground, she's. Still manages to crash again when it breaks. Yeah. And so she walks out through the door, changes outfit again, just yeah. between frames. It's all fine. I mean, After falling over because of the tail thing. She's so klutzy. It's hilarious. Yeah. She's so endearing. And she, who should she happen to meet but a blind angel in a loincloth? Um, no, called... could, no she, she goes outside and then there's a, like a small rocker lunch. Oh, Yeah. That knocks her out and she's just lying on the floor. And then Pygar cops a field. We see some feet coming towards her. Bare feet. Bare feet. Quentin Tarantino would approve. And it just stays on her face. Yes. And then some hands come in and just literally grab her face. Yep. And and then then start moving down. Yep. And like gropes her. Yep. Then she wakes up. That's the one. Doesn't do anything about it. She's like, oh, who's this? And it turns out it's Pygar. The blind angel. The blind angel. Well, last of his race. Who, I've got to say, seemed a little incongruous with the rest of the whole pseudo-sci-fi setting that he was a literal angel with wings. Well, he wasn't a literal angel. He was some kind of, like, race of weird bird men. No, they, could, they referred to him as an angel. He was like, remember when he goes... An angel doesn't have memories. And you're yeah, like, that's because he's playing up to the whole angel thing. He, he what? said He said at the beginning he was like last of his race of whatever there was. Angels. No, I'm sure, angels, I'm he, sure he was an angel. He had wings. You want me to rewind No, it? I don't. I don't want to watch it again. I want to just like try and puzzle it out from what we both remember. But anyway, she meets Pygar. He's blind. And he's all like, you want to hang out with Dr... Octopus? <laughs> Dr. Blair. I don't know. Dr. Guy. Dr. The, the S- Professor. The Professor Salt Cellar. He puts it on his forehead. Yeah, he does definitely put a salt cellar on his forehead to so, check out a rack. Yes. So they're walking through the labyrinth and it's full of generally like sad models with their baps out. Being like, I guess we're <laughs> part of the wall now. 
This yep. is my favourite part of Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> I'm part of the ship. Part of the Just crew. Just a <laughs> Um, you beat me to it. Yeah. That's why I'm the podcast daddy. No one can stop me. So they they find Professor Fate. Fate? No. No. That's from the Great Race. Oh yeah, Professor Fate. Ah. Oh. We should have watched The Grey Race. We should have watched The Grey Race. That movie's way better. It's more fun. so good. <laughs> Fucking, um, what's his name? Did you just do his laugh? No, I don't you think You just so. did that. Is that really his yeah. laugh? Oh, dang. What's the name of the guy who plays the great Leslie? Um, Tony Curtis. Tony Curtis. Tony Curtis, Jack Lemmon. Best, best film that there is. Really good. Ever. Oh, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Like, the, the custard pie scene, oh, where he stays clean custard. the whole time. Yeah. Up until the end. Up until the right, of course. But, like, still fantastic stuff. And also a really good sword fight in there when he fights the Baron. Yeah. And it's all like, he's all like, the saber is for men. Aha. That made a big impression on me as a kid. I was just all like, oh, the saber is for men. Ugh. I mean, I've got it on DVD right over there. We, we need to finish the Barbarella podcast. We do. Before we, 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 before we start before talking we about watch a the much, <laughs> much better film. Yeah, I think I think our, our main takeaway from Barbarella so far is go watch The Great Race. Yeah. It's good. It's it's, it's generally good. It's hard to find. Yes. My DVD is German. <laughs> I have that with my, my, my DVD of Celeste and Jesse Forever is Polish. Because I tried to buy it in the UK and they were like, no. Don't be silly. No. We, we don't make this anymore. You're no, like, why? Know. It's excellent. It generally, like, I, had, I used to have that on VHS because we taped it off the TV. Yeah, so my, yeah, we had to fast forward through the adverts and shit. And I was just all like, man. Like, I, I, one of my favorite bits is when um, the reporter lady and um, Hezekiah. 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 He handcuffs him to a train. No, 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 not that bit. But later on, when he's come back and they get put in prison by the um, evil Baron, and they just start singing the American national anthem <laughs> as a sign of defiance, and the Baron's like, "Well, I'm not, I'm not staying here and listening to this," and just slams her. It's like fucking having none of this. <laughs> and then it cuts back to them later, and like, there's a scene that happens in between. It cuts back. They're still singing. I'm just like, have you been singing your national anthem for like a? Full five minutes, okay. And Columbo's his assistant. Yeah, Max. Yeah, Max. We can we can rise. Push we can the blast, button, Max. We can burn. <laughs> There's no way we can lose, yeah. Max. We will rise above. <laughs> <laughs> when the snows <laughs> come and the ice blows, and he really didn't work we out. We will them. melt. The- did, they didn't use their Push melter. Push the it, button, Max. They didn't use their melty torch thing in the snow area that they went they to. They did. Did they? they didn't do anything. Remember when they got on the iceberg and like they were like next door to Leslie's car? Yeah. And they just sort of floated around an iceberg for a bit, and at no point did they like use the heat thing for warmth. I really love how confused people are going to be listening to us talk about this disjointed scene. We'll come back to Barbarella in a minute. My favorite scene was the bit where like. Max and Professor Fates were in a pedal-powered Zeppelin and tried to bomb the great Leslie's car. Yeah, that's in the intro of the montage where yeah. they're trying, like, the, the great rivalry thing. Yeah, yeah, It's or when they broke the sound barrier. Oh, yeah, with the whole land speed record bit. It's really... I really like the bit when he's proposing the nature of the race, and they're going, well, what do you, what do you want the race to be, Leslie? He's like, well, the big races have been done. They're like, do you want to do Detroit to Michigan? Do you want to go Nebraska to, a, to Alaska? And he just goes, New, New York... York. Paris. Like, New York to Paris? 
They can't believe it that they have that race. And amazingly, everyone else drops out when you have to cross the fucking Atlantic Ocean in a car. Pacific? Oh, wait. Bering Straits. Is that really where they... Wait, what? No. That's what happens in the movie. They start in New York. Yeah. And then they go to, like, the Cowboys. Yeah. And then they go all the way up to Alaska. And that's the the iceberg. I thought they were driving up into Canada and going across, like, to, like, northern Europe and then down into France. I assume they went up to Alaska. What, went all the way... Where was... why, Why would they go, like... Why would they go from New York to the Wild West and then all the way back? New York is on the East Coast. It's yes. closer to Paris. So I'm like, I assume that the Cowboys bit was like them going north somewhere. It's, no. It doesn't make... Anyway, back to Barbarella. So Where even were we with Barbarella? <laughs> so no, yeah, yeah, no, no. Oh. So she met the professor and she's all like, can you fix my ship? And he's all like, I guess. Nice boobs. Well, hey. And then she's like, Pygar... Can you fly me into the city of evil? Because I think... I lost the will to fly. And she's like, don't worry, big boy, I can fix that. So they go back to his nest. Verbatim quote. (laughs) They go back to the nest. We cut to a, you know, sensitive cutaway of... No, no, no. They go back to the nest and they're like... And she's like, Pygar, you live in a nest? That's cute. Yeah. I love it. And then the black guard turns up. I'm sure they had sex before the black guard turns up. No, the black guard turns up and she murders him with a... uh, He, like, whips... The black guard whips Barbarella and she's, like, on the floor because she tried to, like, use a gun on him. This is where we got Chekhov's angel dick. Yeah. Yes. And then, um... No, that was later. No, I thought it was at the no, end no, of... No, no, no. And, and then um, the gun's at Pygar's feet. And she's like, Pygar! Oh, yeah! feet! And he, like, picks it up. And she's like, to your left! To your left a bit! Now! <laughs> and he pulls the trigger. And this black guard just explodes into a million pieces. Like shatters. He's like a statue man. And she's all like, there's nothing inside. And he's like, yeah, they're leather men. They're made they're... of... They There's have no, no flesh. They have inside. no fleshy parts, the leather men. So then they go back to the nest, and, right? And then they bang. Then they bang in the nest. And then he's and all like. She wakes up and a shadow comes across her face. Phrasing. Poor choice of words. <laughs> and she's like, Pie guy, you can fly. And he's like, Yeah, you fucked the will to fly back into me. My wings are linked to yeah. me, dick. Away we go. We then have a really long, like, an obnoxiously long flight scene, combat scene. Because yeah, it's going to take the professor, like, months or weeks or days or minutes. Yeah, he's like, it's going to take an amount of time. About <laughs> how long it could be. Boy, if you took me to the nest, it would probably be quicker. That's my implication. Um, they have a really long flight combat scene where they fight the black guard. And then they make it into the city of Sin. And then, then the movie takes what I would describe well, no, as because then this Chekhov's um, gun dick. Gun. Oh yeah, she puts she puts her her small gun into Pygar's pants, and he's like, oh, and she's all like, need that later, pat pat. And there's like a, an extreme close up of it happening, just full on. You can see it. They're yeah. like, we want you to notice this. So they're in the city of sin, and the movie takes what I would describe as a hard turn. 
things from now on, in case you've been feeling this has been a bit too pedestrian, get a bit weird. Professor Ping. Oh, it is Professor Ping. But he's not... Yeah. Hmm. There's a character called Captain Moon as well. Really? Who is Captain Moon? And Captain Sun? I don't know. I I feel like this is just... they They gave the names themselves, but actually it didn't make the final cut. Anyway, so when she's in the City of Sin... Mm. Um, Pygar gets kidnapped like really fast she falls into an alleyway and meets what uh, is going to get sexually assaulted by two grammar. dudes yeah. and then they get stabbed by a random lady who's like with an eye patch yeah who's all like hello pretty pretty twirly knife twirly knife twirly knife we should totally bang and Barbarella's like well I'm not averse to that but also yeah, she's all like, oh, I gotta find Pygar in case uh, someone... For some reason I'm attached to him? Yeah. He's like the blandest guy. He's so boring. Like, Pygar, like, really could have had he less... He sort of stands there and looks into the distance. Because he can't like see... A blind angel that he is. Yeah. And and she, she then leaves the alleyway and the one-eyed stabby lady is like aha well see you later maybe 12 12 knife maybe i'll throw it maybe i won't and pygar is being assaulted by the crowd and she's all like look pygar let's get out of here there's a door behind us they go through and we get our first introduction of the matmos the matmos here we are in the matmos the matmos it turns out this door they're like this is weird yeah, um, and it's a suicide room. Yeah, and you have to... Once you go in that door, you have to choose one of three doors that lead, that to, lead to death. All of them lead to death. All of them lead to death in different horrible ways. Or you can just stay in the room and let the Matmos claim you. Yeah. With some weird bubbling thing in the floor. Yeah, and they're and, gonna get got. And there's a woman there who just goes and like opens one of the doors... That are kind of like giant, sort of floopy, like kind of cat like things. Do you remember those um, recycling bins that were specifically for putting cans in? Yes. And they had like a sort of like ring pull tab thing that was made of plastic that you'd push and you push the can through. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah, yeah, massive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. but the whole person could get yeah. like. And she sort of like opened one and there was screaming and she was like, oh no, not that one. And gave a coy little smile. But then the top bit comes down and just scoops her in. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, she's gone. And so Pygar and Barbarella are like, well, I guess we should try one of these doors, which honestly seems like the worst choice. You know, go through one of the certain death doors or... Or let the Matmos take you. Yeah, which as we later find out, not such a bad choice. And then a mysterious person who's played by an old guy with some black guard rocks in. He's like, sup? I'm the... I'm the, the concierge. concierge. The concierge. The concierge. There was a lot of French accenting on the word concierge for what? For un- unclear reasons. And they get taken to the tyrant, who is the boss. <laughs> I've just realized how much of this movie we have left to go. Oh, God, so much. <laughs> it is... Alright, alright, alright. So we've given you enough that if you feel like you want to watch this film, you're going to either watch it or you're just going to not. We haven't even got to the cage of birds. Oh, the bird cage. Or the dream chamber. Yeah. Oh, we haven't even mentioned Dildano. We've mentioned him. We've, we've, you know. So, Dildano is Richard, the Richard, worst. Richard, here's the thing. We're going to abandon the premise because, like, we've been recording for fucking half an hour 
And we're not we even... did get massively sidetracked we by did. The Great Race. Yeah, though. which is a great movie. You should go watch it. Go watch The Great Race. It's very Brilliant. good. Do you know, I, I've got up the IMDb trivia. Give me some trivia. This. Give me some Barbarella trivia, baby. The film's uh, missing scientist, Duran Durand, with a D on the end. Really? That no one pronounces in the film. That no one sure. pronounces in the film. Inspired the name of the 1980s pop band Duran Duran. Fuck off! Wait, so this predates Duran Duran? Well, yeah. Also, it was 1968, not 70. This was 68? It was 60s. That explains the whole, like, anti-war rhetoric being as, like, beautifully naive as it actually was. So Duran Duran took their name from Barbarella. I, I, you know what? I genuinely learned something today. Richard. Ian McKellen f- flew to Rome to audition for a part. Although he didn't get it, he told Empire Magazine that Jane Fonda cooked him breakfast while he was waiting to do his read-through. You know, I believe that. I believe that. She seems like a stand-up lady. Like, you know. Dilt. The password. The password? The password. What was the... Wait. Dildano's password. What was Dildano's password? He was like, quick, I must give you the, the password. I can't pronounce it. Welsh. Oh, the the name of the town. Yeah, the name of the yeah, longest place. I'm learning to speak Welsh, but I don't know how to pronounce that name. Um, yes. Was there a reason why that was there? In the trivia, maybe? Nope. It just says that Dildano's password, Clan Fairwill, Shall I take a, I take a crack I at it with a, my advanced... Have a crack at it. My advanced Welsh-speaking skills. Panfair Pool Gwyn that's terrible. Yep. That's Dildano's password. Yep. Um, it's the longest it's a, place name yeah. in the UK. Famously. Richard, I have to distract you from the trivia page for a moment. Oh. What did you make of Barbarella? The, the person? No, or no, the, the... the movie. Like, you can just talk at length. Like, you know, what did you make of it? We built this up a little bit in our minds. We did. Mostly because of Venture Brothers. Venture Brothers did drive us to this. I mean... Thanks a lot, Doc Hammer. <laughs> you Jackson Public, you, you traitors. Um, but I can kind of see why it occupies that space in Venture Brothers of being like... What is what is what, this? What, yeah, I am. I don't know. I straight <laughs> up don't know. I was watching it, going, "Oh my god! No wonder everyone loved Star Wars when it came along." <laughs> ten years later, it it is more. It, well, 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 the Star Wars is a lot more coherent than this. This is very. <laughs> I've had fever dreams that are more coherent than this. <laughs> I mean, it, it. The thing is, I didn't hate it. It never got bad enough that I hated it. It's just I was pleasantly confused by everything that happened. Because there was the sequence, like, for example, when Barbarella and Dildano have their hand sex thing. Which they do, and it's brilliant. And I've got some fantastic... Give me uh, some trivia about this. Hot trivs. Apparently, English actor David Hemmings replaced Italian actor Antonio Sabato... In the role of Dildano. Oh, we had the... (laughs) Substitute Dildano. Yes, set photos exist of Sabato playing the famous hand sex scene with Jane Fonda. Sabato's performance was deemed to be too serious and he was replaced in more comedic tone by Hemmings. (laughs) (laughs) How can you do a serious Dildano? His whole gimmick is, I'm bad at doing revolutions. Yeah. 
He has a revolution, spoiler alert, they're all murdered. They all die! They all, everyone Or rather they get sent to the fourth dimension. Yeah, basically, end of the movie, everyone dies. 90% of the cast die. Yeah. And like, but... And all the, everyone. Why does the tyrant live? Everyone in Sogo. Yeah. Which apparently is um, a mashup of Sodom and Gomorrah. Ah, makes sense, makes sense. They all die, because the Matmos consumes them, because it's the lake of evil. But, but here's the thing I don't get, is, why? <laughs> Apparently Jane Fonda dubbed herself for the French version of this film. Oh, she speaks French. Yeah. Oh, we're learning a lot about Jane Fonda. But yeah, we, we built it up in our minds to be this sort of like, oh, it'll be a fun, like, you know, cultural touchstone, which I think it definitely kind of delivered on. But it was just much less coherent than I thought it would be. Yeah, it was... All over the place. It was very 60s. Yeah. Like, definitely with this sort of tone of just like, well, we're bored of this set piece. Let's cover Jane Fonda in birds for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, and hopefully all of the birds went on to live long and happy lives, rather than probably dying in that box with Jane Fonda. Um, I mean, some of them must have. Maybe. There were so many There of was them. a lot. It was impressive. Like, there were... I... The production design team on this did a hell of a job. I don't know if you can find me a budget for Barbarella. Because that was something we were definitely speculating about while watching this movie. Because it seemed like a lot of this was quite expensive. Nick, I've got an answer for you. Oh as boy. To how Jane Fonda's in this film. Oh, okay. American star Jane Fonda and French director Roger Vad- Vadim... <laughs> Yes. Roger Vadim. Um, Not Vagine, but yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, Roger... Uh, were married when the movie was made and first released. Oh. Uh, okay. Alright, well this... This explains a lot. <laughs> he wanted to make a movie of Look How Hot My Wife Is. Yeah. yeah. The original of the Jean-Claude Forrest based Barbarella on Bridget Bardot. Oh yeah, well that... You know, I can believe that, certainly. Can you find me a, a, a budget for Barbarella? Just because I, I... it there were Obviously because it was the 60s, there was minimal like camera trickery and an awful lot of it was just practical effects. And there were a lot of really... No. Well... How much? What? No, have a guess. Uh, in 1960s money? I'm going to say like... I hope not. I, I'm going to say uh, $2 million. Higher. What?! Four million dollars. Keep going. Oh no! Uh, okay, uh, eight million dollars. Nine million dollars. What? This movie cost nine million dollars in nineteen sixty-eight. Jeez, how did they? Okay. Oh, so this means that this this director who was married to Jane Fonda. I, I'm not sure how accurate. I'm going to go on the the Wikipedia because it seems to be better curated than IMDb. <laughs> But how did he get people to give nine million dollars to $9 to Barbarella? Dollars. He was just like, look, I hope my wife is. Oh, yeah, oh, she's great. Yeah. Oh, you know, there's got to be a guy who's going to shoot there. Because I mean, we were really impressed with the with the positronic laser when it showed up. Yeah, that was it. that was a great and prop. the sex piano. The sex the sex piano. We haven't even mentioned the sex piano. So there's a bit where Barbarella by making them orgasm to death. Barbarella's sexy energy is too much for the sex piano. Yeah. 
<laughs> and it sets it on fire. fire. <laughs> she's just like, oh, oh, well, I'm not dead, but I'm just quite sweaty now. And you're just like, oh, okay, good for you. And, and then she, and it's like the, it, the piano itself, like, and also the, the talking computer bit in her ship with all of those little boxes that flipped around yeah. and shit. That was a really cool practical prop yeah that existed someone and, built that yeah and it looks great so i could there was a lot of money that was clearly spent but nine million dollars in 1968 like i oof, i mean that alone would be like, like sort of a go see this movie they spent a stupid amount of money on it right richard i feel like we have him <laughs> spoken about we've spoken about Barbarella for 40 minutes and also the great race but also mostly Barbarella I'm gonna have to push you for some final thoughts um Richard what are your final thoughts on Barbarella do I see the great race yeah <laughs> it's a much better film it is a much better film I mean it is longer I think Oh my god, apparently Dr. Ping was played by a famous French mime. I mean, but he's... Okay, I mean, he spoke. But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good for him. And for my final thoughts, uh, I'm just going to say, I, I, I still don't understand entirely what the Matmos is. It's a sentient lake <laughs> that feeds on evil. So it's like the Force? <laughs> No! It's not difficult to understand. It's a sentient lake that feeds on evil and is powerful and can, like, dissolve people. But make not... Make them do stuff. But not good people. Nah, it's like... Because they uh, make uh, bubbles to protect themselves. Yeah. Like Barbarella did. And also, Pygar, who, honestly, by that point, we'd forgotten was in the movie. Pygar. Why did he save the tyrant? Anyway, thanks for listening. Bye!